Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Let's get into the Word of God. I want to talk to you tonight on my birthday, and thank you for coming out again tonight um, from Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. The title of the message tonight is called Acknowledging the King. Acknowledging the King. I'm going to read the scripture to you, and then we're going to move into the word, uh, move into prayer. It says this in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and it came to, and we come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's uh, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. In verse 9, and after they heard the king, they went up to their their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him they opened their treasures and presented to him uh with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in the dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that you would give your people a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that you would open up the eyes of their understanding. I ask you that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. I pray that the anointing of God would fall on this place, that the spirit of truth would be manifested, and the presence and the glory of the living king would arise in our hearts. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you, Lord. Have your way tonight. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. That was beautiful. I like that. So I want to talk to you uh, tonight about acknowledging the king. The three wise men are synonymous with Christmas. Uh, many of the nativity scenes, apparently not our particular nativity scene up here, usually have the three wise men included in it. And you'll see a nativity scene and the three wise men are there. And in many of the Latin cultures, you'll see uh, what is, is uh, represented or known as the celebration of the three kings. It is the commemoration of the wise men seeking out baby Jesus and finding him and honoring him with gifts. However, these three wise men represented something more than just three kings holiday. They represented men who desired more for their generation. They desired to see more in the day and the age that they were living than what had been revealed. In the book of Revelations, it speaks about Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says on his thigh and, and on his 
uh, robe is written this terminology, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I want to tell you, even before the book of Revelations recorded this, the king was coming and the three wise men saw that they needed to acknowledge the king. And I want to talk to you tonight about acknowledging the king. I want to talk to you tonight about what it means when the generation says, God, there is more, and we're going to acknowledge the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to give you three groups tonight in the scriptures from the book of Matthew that acknowledge the king and the fourth group that need to recognize him. So let's move into this. The first group or the first uh, part of creation that acknowledged the king was the stars or God's creation. Mm. They acknowledged that the king had arrived. uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 says this, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, so they are without excuse for not knowing God. I want to tell you, when God created the, the, the heavens, the stars, and the skies, those creations were witnesses of the existence of God. Because when you see creation, there's something that God placed inside the heart of humanity that says that there had to have been a master craftsman. There was someone that designed this, that none of these things could have happened by happenstance, but it was an artist, it was a divine artist and creator who was crafting and making and molding and shaping the heavens. The scientist Francis Bacon says this. He says, there are two books laid before us to study to prevent us from falling into error. He said the first book that we are to study is the volume of scripture, which reveals the will of God. He said, but the second book or the second volume that we are to study is uh, God's creation or what has been created because this expresses God's power. This is a scientist saying that if you want to know God, look to the scriptures, but then also look to his creation because it exemplifies his existence and his nature in the earth. Mm. Creation is a testimony that God is real and that he is alive. In Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, this is the story of Balaam, the, the prophet who prophesied and turned the hearts of Israel away from God. But he saw something that was so powerful in the future that he quoted this scripture. And I know that many of you have read this before, but you've never made the connection between what he was saying and what was in the future. But he says this in verse 17. He says, I see him. But not here and now, I perceive him, but far in the distant future. He said, a star will rise from Jacob and a scepter will emerge from Israel. This backslidden prophet saw thousands of years in the future. He saw the star that would represent Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the born king who would come to the earth. He didn't know it at the time, but he was acknowledging the star that would represent the star. (laughs) 
All of creation testifies and acknowledges that the king of glory has come. The second thing that acknowledged the arrival of the king was the haters. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't be a hater for Christmas. When you show up at somebody's house, don't eat up all the stuffing, take all the turkey, pour out all the gravy, and leave an empty uh, tray in the kitchen. Can I get an amen or a witness from somebody? Because if you do that, you're being a hater for Christmas. (laughs) The second group that acknowledged the king was the haters. King Herod was the one who received the, the... the visitation from the Magi or the three wise men. They came to him and they said, we saw a star and we have followed it here and we wanted to know where is the king of Israel to be born. And the Bible says this in Matthew 2, 3. It says, and when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. That word disturbed can really be translated. He was terrified. Because when King Herod found out that there was another king, when he found out that the real king had shown up, he became terrified and scared and afraid of what will happen. And the reason this happened is because 37 years ago, King Herod lied, murdered, and manipulated to be able to influence his way into the throne. But now, in this time, in this era, the star has risen, and the true king, the one who is the lineage of David, has arisen, and he is being positioned to take his rightful throne. But sometimes, the haters will not always be happy when the king is ascending to the throne. Can I get a witness? When King Herod realized that Jesus was born, he actually tried to kill him. But what he did not recognize, that his act of trying to kill the baby Jesus was an acknowledgement that he was a true and righteous king. And I want to tell you tonight that opposition is actually a sign that you are stepping into the will of God. Because some of you have been stepping into your season of breakthrough, your season of blessing, your season of destiny, and you had some opposition come against you. But I want you to know the same way that opposition came against baby Jesus is the same way that opposition will come against you when you are stepping in your destiny. But that does not mean that you will be stopped. If anything, you will step into your place of breakthrough. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. (laughs) Amen. But just like Herod panicked when he found out that Jesus was born, the devil right now is panicking because he see that in 2023 that you are stepping into your divine destiny and the purpose and the plans that God has for you. And just because things didn't go the way you wanted them to go in 22 does not mean that it's going to continue in that manner in 2023. Mm. See, there was an anointing on the life of Jesus to shake some stuff up. 
And I believe there are some people in this room and there are people who are watching online who have been anointed to shake some things up because the hand of God and the power of God is upon them. <laughs> See, your haters may have left you for dead, but they didn't know that there was resurrection power that was with your God that was going to raise you up from that situation and that circumstance that seemed impossible. See, you know what? You need to start getting excited when God puts you in impossible situations and unbelievable circumstances because that means that he is about to resurrect something that you thought was dead, that your haters thought was dead, that Herod thought was dead, that the devil thought was dead. God's about to resurrect it, and he is going to use you to be a witness and the testimony of his power to this generation. Yes. Yes. Come on, look at somebody next to you. Say, get excited when the opposition comes. That means your breakthrough is coming next. Come on, tell somebody else, get excited when the opposition comes. That means that your breakthrough is coming next. <laughs> the season of mourning is over. And the season of victory has come. I prophesy life over you today. I declare and decree what was broken, God is fixing. What was damaged, God is healing. What was messed up, God is restoring. God is turning your circumstance and your situation around. Do not be depressed or discouraged because it didn't go well at first. Because the story's not over yet. you Lord there's 12 chapters to this story and you're only on chapter 4 God still is going to step in and turn this thing around God's going to turn this thing around <laughs> you tell them you're not fighting against me, you're fighting against my God. You're not fighting against me, you're fighting against my God. And I don't know, but I need to give you a memo tonight on my birthday, but God is undefeated. Can I get a witness? Never lost. The third group that acknowledged the king was the priest was the priest. This is important. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. See, the priests were the stewards of the Bible, of the scriptures. The priests were the ones who were tasked with the responsibility by God to acknowledge and recognize the times and the seasons that Israel was in. See, the Bible says in the Old Testament that the sons of Issachar understood the times and seasons that Israel was in, and he knew what they should do. And the priest in this day and age of Jesus had the same responsibility, but unfortunately, they did not have eyes to see, ears to hear, or heart to perceive who was in their midst. 
But at least when Herod went to them, he went to the priest and he said, listen, he says, when is the Messiah to be born? What location is he to be born? When is he coming? What's the signs? And they read to him uh, in, uh, what's in Malachi 5, 2, what was quoted in Matthew 2, 6. They acknowledged that the king of Israel was born in Judah, and now the scriptures had been fulfilled, and the Messiah had finally come. All of these things are working together. All of these prophets, all of these scriptures from the Old Testament, all of these signs, the stars, the heavens, the creation, all of these things are converging at this one time, and it says the one we have been waiting for has finally arrived. There's going to be a time where people will testify about you. And they will say, yes, that's the man, that's the woman of God. They have stepped into their destiny, even as the priest testified that the Messiah had finally come. And it was the fulfillment of what God had spoken. Amen? Amen. And the final group that must acknowledge the king is you. And here's the big question. Will you acknowledge that the king has arrived? See, we know that the stars, all of creation, acknowledged that the king had come. We know that Herod, the hater, had acknowledged that the king had arrived. We know that the priest and the scripture and the Old Testament and the lineage of David had, had acknowledged that the king had arrived. But the final group that the Lord wants to ask the question to tonight is, will you acknowledge that the king has arrived? Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6 says this. He says, then I heard, this is John the apostle, he says, then I heard what sounded like a multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like a loud peals of thunder and shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. That's the church. The bride of Christ is the church of Jesus Christ that it dwells and exists in the earth. He said the bride has made herself ready. And let me tell you this. This is for you all who are here. I know you don't believe this. This is for the people online and the people in Galt. This isn't for the people here in Elk Grove. But people say, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Well, that's the reason why you don't go to church. That's not you. I'm talking to people online. <laughs> the church is flawed because we are flawed people. But what makes us right is not what we've done. It's what Jesus Christ did on the cross to cleanse us and wash us and remove our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. So we don't stand here because we are perfect. We don't stand here because we've done everything right. We stand here because we have been washed and cleansed by the eternal and holy God. So the beauty of this scripture is that as broken as you are, 
as damaged as you are, as messed up as you are, as many mistakes as you've made, you have the privilege to come to him with all of your brokenness and your damage and your hypocrisy and your shortcomings and your, your fallen nature and say, Jesus, here I am, messed up, and I am, I am bound up. And he says, come. Because I have the power to cleanse you. I have the power to wash you. I have the ability to make you whole. Because there is a bride who has readied herself and her linen is bright and clean and it was given to her to wear. He is cleansing and washing his people today. That's the thing I love about Jesus. Because as messed up as I've been, I've come to him and he says, come, your issues aren't too much for me, son. Your brokenness is not too much for me. I can handle what's wrong with you because what's wrong with you, I can make it right. <sighs> Verse 9, it says, and the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. I want to tell you tonight that he wants us to acknowledge him as the king. Herod could not stop him. Death could not stop him. The grave could not stop him. In the book of Revelations, the devil could not stop him. The false prophet could not stop him. The beast could not stop him. Sin could not stop him. Nothing could stop Jesus from being acknowledged as the king. Because we read in Revelations that he is the king of? And the Lord of? And he reigns forevermore. Tonight, I want to ask you, will you acknowledge him as the king? Worship team, you can come up. Will you acknowledge him as the king? Will you acknowledge that he is the true and living God, that he has power to transform you and change you and deliver you and make you whole? I want to give you an invitation tonight. If you came to visit family and out of respect and love for a loved one, you said, well, I'll go to church with you on Christmas Eve. But church isn't really your thing. That's wonderful because guess what? The king says, will you acknowledge me? If you say, well, I know God, but I'm in a backslidden condition and I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. That's all right because I want to know one thing. Will you acknowledge the king? If you say, I don't know him, but I need to know him, but I don't know if he will accept me because I've sinned too much and I've done too much and I've made too many mistakes, that is all right. Because he says, son, daughter, will you acknowledge the king? Tonight, I want to ask you, Give him your brokenness. Will you give him your brokenness? Will you give him your sin? Will you give him your struggles? Will you give him your addictions? Will you give him whatever's going on in your life? Will you bring it to him? Because he's ready tonight. He's ready tonight. He's ready tonight. 
He's ready to forgive. He's ready to heal. He's ready to deliver. He's ready to set people free. And all he wants to know is this one thing. Will you acknowledge the king? Just bow your heads with me for a moment. tonight the Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart in this room and you say I'm tired of running I'm tired of doing my own thing I'm ready to surrender I want to invite you to this altar because I want to pray for you tonight I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you because the king is ready to accept you See, the highest honor in all the earth is when the king extends his scepter and he says, I give you permission to come into my presence. And the king of of kings is saying tonight, come. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come. I will give you rest for your souls. If that's you tonight and you say, I want to surrender my heart to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you down here and I want to pray with you. If that's you, please come. Please come. Please come. This is the hour. This is the moment of salvation. If God's touching you, please come to the altar. I want to pray with you. Amen. Thank you, my sister. Praise God. Who else? Who else? Who else will acknowledge the king tonight? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, my brother. Who else? The king says... I'm waiting for you. I give you permission. I grant you permission to come into my presence. I grant you permission to receive forgiveness and mercy. I'm granting you mercy tonight. Who else? I believe that there are a few more people that on this night, December the 24th, that the king is calling you and he says, come. He says, come, come, son, come, daughter, receive forgiveness, receive mercy, receive my grace today. Who else is the Lord speaking to? Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, my brothers. Praise Jesus. Who else? store. Earlier this week, we went to the clothing store 
and the lady, we, we were buying some clothes and the lady said, my New Year's resolution is to give my heart to Jesus Christ. She said, I've been backslidden because she said, who are you guys? You come here and, and we said we're pastors of a church. And she said, oh my God. She says, my New Year resolution is to give my heart to Jesus because I'm backslidden. She said, I knew God. She's from Jamaica. She said, I knew God in my country of Jamaica, but then I turned my back on him. And my life has been terrible. But for the new year, I want to get right with God. I believe that's the ultimate New Year's resolution. Amen. Anybody else before we pray? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God is wonderful. Amen. Praise Jesus. Those who are at the altar, look at me for a second, please. His mercy and his forgiveness doesn't make sense. Because all we're doing is bringing him our problems and our sins. And he's giving us his love, his forgiveness, and his mercy. We're giving him junk, and he's giving us blessings. We're giving him problems, and he's giving us love and mercy. It doesn't make sense. But I'll tell you this, don't take it for granted because it cost him his life. He laid down his life so that we could be forgiven and that we can be healed and restored and our lives can turn around. So we're going to pray a prayer here in a second. We're going to ask him to forgive us of our sins and to come into our hearts and to be the Lord of our lives. And I'm telling you, you're not doing this alone because the Holy Spirit will help you. And not only that, but this church is going to stand with you. Amen. Praise God. Those who are at the altar, you pray with me, and the rest who are in the congregation, those who are watching online, you are welcome to join in in this prayer of repentance as well. But pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for your mercy in my life. And thank you for cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Every mistake, every sin, every error, every lie, every deception, I bring them to your feet and I lay them at the cross and I receive your forgiveness, your salvation, your deliverance, and your healing in my life today. Thank you for loving me and thank you for having mercy on me. I thank you that I am born again that I am set free and I am made whole by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Y'all give Jesus a good hand clap. Amen. Just stay there for a moment. The Bible says a couple of things. Number one, the Bible says when one person repents of their sin, that the angels in heaven, they're rejoicing. I don't know about you, but there's a house party in heaven right now because you said, Jesus, forgive me and have mercy on me.
bless you and just thank God for you. I know on the screen we're going to have something that flashes to show um, I made the decision. Amen. All right. It's going to come up sometime. The people here at the altar will give you some information and have uh, some info from you. And I know Pastor Gary is going to be reaching out to you and giving some things over to you so that we're able to follow up with you. This church has wide open arms. If you are not, if you've not found a church and you're looking for a church, I want to let you know you found one today. Amen. You don't have to look anymore. This is home. We want to welcome you with open arms. If you've been coming and you're saying, you know, maybe I, I want to check it out some more. We don't have the date no more. Let's go ahead and get married. Amen. Praise God. We're at the altar. We're just going to go ahead and do the thing. Praise God. Father, I bless my brothers and my sisters who are at this altar today. God, I pray for your grace and your hand to be upon their lives. I thank you that this day is the greatest decision they could have ever made because you are transforming them from the inside out and they will never be the same. I pray blessings over them and I pray for the grace to disciple them on behalf of Harvest Church and to see them become fruitful in the kingdom of God and do great things for your glory. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you. In your son, Jesus Christ's holy name, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you all. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. If you're watching online while they're going back and you made the decision to give your heart to Christ, please put something in the chat or follow along with us. We want to know it and we want to reach out to you and make sure you're not, you're not left, but we want to disciple you, pour into you, help you to grow in Christ Jesus. And those who are in the room, the same thing. We want to do everything in our power to make sure that this walk with Jesus is successful. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Elizabeth, would you please I have my wife come up here in a moment. God is so wonderful. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Give some applause to Jesus. He's in the house. Come on. what God just souls came into the kingdom of God yes. this evening. Can you do better than that? Can we just rejoice for what God has done? I don't know about you, but if it was your mother, hello somebody, if it was your father, if it was your spouse, if it was your loved one that you've been praying for, these that are here today represent people, come on, yes. the family of God. I just want to say for those that were here, please, before the service, Miss Sarah is here. We don't want for you to just leave and never come back. There needs to be a connection. There needs to be discipleship. There needs to be the church helping you to walk this out. You don't have to do this alone. Furthermore, you can't do it alone. We were never called to do it alone. We're called to community. We're called to walk with you and to disciple you and to teach you God's ways. So please, don't leave. If you didn't get a Bible and you need one, please, please come forward. Miss Sarah, can you just wave your hand? Thank you. She's a stand up, Miss Sarah, please. She's there, right there. Amen. Please do not.
not leave without seeing her. We want to make the connection. Amen. Amen. I am so blessed to be with you this evening. Merry Christmas Eve. It is so good. We're so thankful that you took the time from your holiday season to be with us at Harvest Church. What a blessing. Many of you may not know us. We're new to the house, um, maybe by face, but we've, we've known this house for 17 years. 17 years ago, we made this connection, and we're here today, and it's such a privilege and a blessing. I look forward to meeting you all. I look forward to speaking with you all. Listen, I don't bite. I don't bite. Come and say hello. I welcome it. I love people. Amen. We love people. We love the bride of Christ. We're here to serve you. We're here to love on you. We're here to walk with you. We're here to fight with you. We're here to fast with you. We're here to believe God for your destiny, for your purposes. Amen. It's important. We didn't come to sit on pews and chairs. We've come to take the kingdom of God. I just want to encourage you before even the year turns. I know I'm not preaching today, but I just got to tell you, there's something in you. God wants to do something great and mighty in you and through you. And we're not just going to let you sit on a chair and be comfortable. Come on, somebody. It's time to stand up, rise up, and do mighty things for God. God has called you to greatness. There's greatness all over this room. There's greatness all over this room. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, 
Neither do people light their lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. Are you putting it on your stand? gives light to everyone in the house tomorrow when you're sitting at Christmas dinner come on let your light shine not your mouth let your light shine for everyone in the house verse 16 in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven when you and I do good deeds when we love people when we love the unlovable you know that family member that didn't treat you so good but you're still loving on them guess what it brings glory to your father in heaven so as we close here today and we celebrate the king come on honey we're celebrating Jesus candles symbolically to let the light remember that the light of Jesus brightens brighter than anything there's no devil in hell there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper it will not prosper no weapon formed against you will prosper let's walk out come on in power and in might lighting these candles are you ready Harvest Church no 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 that was weak are you ready Harvest Church Good. Pastor John, you're going to do the honors. <laughs> Light your candle. I, I can hold this. Let me, let me yeah. help you, baby. No we don't wanna, look, we're going to be very careful with the wax, y'all, right? We're going to protect the chairs and the rug. I'm going to light you. Pastor John, hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Bendito sea tu nombre. All right. Listen, instructions. The person who is not lit... Is gonna reach theirs over to the one that is lit. Bam! Just like that. Amen? If you do it, we will appreciate not getting wax on the chairs. We love you. Amen. Thank you. When everyone's uh, candle is lit, we're gonna close out in a prayer. And on your way out, there's some ushers that will take your candle. Amen. Would everyone please stand? We're going to light the candles around the church.
of our time all over this place, just the voices, silently. phone in the video because I wish that from here you could see how beautiful and incredible it looks to see all of your lights lit across the room. It's just absolutely amazing. This Christmas, please be the light of the world. Let Jesus shine through you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get it all right. But say, Jesus, let me be your light with my family and my loved ones. And I promise you, he will allow you to be a light to bless many. Amen. Just as you lit the person's candle next to you or they lit theirs off of your light, it's the same way he wants you to let their light light off of you. Father, I just thank you for this beautiful, beautiful congregation, this gathering of your people. I pray your blessings over them. I pray that the light of Jesus Christ would shine in them and through them. And I pray that as we celebrate your birthday and Christmas on tomorrow, that people would be blessed and touched in such a powerful way. Let us have a great time with friends and family and those whom we may gather with. And even those who may be alone, Lord, they're not alone because you're with them. I pray your blessings over everyone here, and I pray for heaven's grace and the hand of God to be upon us all. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. And everyone in the room said, amen and amen. I would tell you to clap your hands, but you don't want to do that right now. Real quick as we go, uh, there are going to be baskets in the back of the room where you can drop your candles in the back so they'll be at every door and exit way and pastor gary's gonna also be in the information center selling the fasting edge book so if you wanted to pick that up tonight you can and we will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m we may not see you because you're going to be eating turkey and all of the good food with the family but just letting you know we will be back tomorrow 10 a.m we love you and god bless you have a wonderful wonderful evening you can blow out your candles. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. 
For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.